It's a blessing to be here and to be a part of the service today. I greet you in the name of Jesus. Going to be starting off in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just a few comments before we get into that. I was thinking about the group too that's gone. And I understand they may be listening in to at least part of the service today. So, next few things that I say will be for you that are traveling, if you're listening anyway. So I don't know where to look. I don't know if I want. To, I don't know if I should look at the ceiling, whether I should look at the floor, whether I. Should, I don't know where to look. But anyhow, if you're listening, I hope you're having a good time, and we continue to pray for safety for you, and. Uh, when we sing as well, I hope that you sing too. And um, but I I do wonder how that sounds if you're singing all men's voices. And some of you don't enjoy singing; some of you do. So anyway, uh, God's blessings to you and to the one that is driving. Be very very careful. You have a lot of you have a lot of precious cargo. So God be with you and give you. A good week as well. All right, back to our setting here. What really pushed me into this this morning, I plan to be talking about the church, and I'm talking about the health of the church. We're very concerned about our natural health. And what, what really got me thinking about this, if you were here Wednesday, this past Wednesday evening, um, I went to Third John, verse two, where where the apostle said that I hope that your natural health is as good as your spiritual health, and I was I was impressed with that, and I meditated upon that for a couple of days after that. I was thinking about that. The you know he used his spiritual health. And he said, I hope that your physical health is as good as your spiritual health. Now, which is, which are you most concerned about, and which is the healthiest? Is your physical health better than your spiritual health? Or is your spiritual health way above your physical health? And I, I, I continue to ponder that. And I, I want to look at about 11 ways this morning how we can, you know, learn some, some lessons from this and how we can check our spiritual health. What I'd like to do is to read the first 27 verses of, of this 1 Corinthians 12. And I, and he, he illustrates spiritual health here by the body, how the body is to function together. And he uses illustration of the natural body. And we are focused on that. We live in the natural body. And you know, we use our hands all the time. We use our eyes. We use our tongue. We, Our body, we're concerned about that. We, we take care of it. 
and we nourish it. We make sure that it's functioning properly. If it doesn't function properly, we try to do something about that. We want it to work together. And actually, you look at your body, there is a beauty... There is a tremendous beauty in actually how your natural body works together. Well, what he's saying here is that the church needs to function together as the natural body functions together. And so I'd like to just go through this chapter and I'll allude to a couple other passages of Scripture along the way as we go through this message this morning. But I want you to look, I want you to look at the church this morning as the body. We're not going to focus just totally on your, your own spiritual health, uh, as, as a person, but I want you to think of it working together as a body of believers. Now what's the quality? Then the question is, what is the quality of the church as we all function together as believers. Alright, follow along please as I read from verse 1 through verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Or he's saying here, so also is Christ's body. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Now get this, think. If the whole body were an eye, imagine that. Where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, these members of the body which we see, which seem 
to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, and that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. There's a number of things that we could pull out of this passage, and we'll probably at least allude to them as we go through the rest of the time together here today. As I said before, we are very concerned about our natural body's health. And what really, let's focus for a few minutes, what really gives life to the natural body? Is it your heart? Is it your brain? Is it your lungs? How about the liver? Is it your digestive system? Which one of those parts can you live without any of those parts that I mentioned to you? Can you live? So is the life in the heart then, or is it in your head where the brain is? Is it the lungs? It's that combination, right? It's that combination of functioning together. Maybe you could say, okay, the heart is more, can you say, the heart is more important than your brain. Is the heart more important than the brain? Are the lungs or is the liver more important than some of these other parts? God has designed your natural body so that these parts, even though they are individual parts, as they function together, it becomes a body. Your brain is not the body. It's part of the body. Your liver is not the body. And, and we can look at all of these different parts as essential as they are. You cannot live without your heart. You cannot live without your brain. You cannot live without your lungs. So all of these things are vital. But they must function together. If the heart doesn't function, doesn't work anymore, often what happens? You're dead. If the brain doesn't function, Todd, you're dead. Right? Okay. But they function together. The brain sends signals to different parts of the body, but they all function together for the good of what? For the body. That's the way we're made. How about the church? The health of the church. What is a healthy church anyway? What is a healthy church? 
Have you ever considered that? As I was going through this, I was thinking, you know, it's probably some things that I've said before, and I'll say it again. I believe that it's important that the church is healthy. And we need to play, uh, you know, put our energies into seeing that the church is healthy. You say, I'm not the brain. No, you're probably not. But maybe you have a couple cells of the brain. Maybe you are. Maybe you're like the ear, the eyes, the tongue. You see, as the body functions together, it's a blessing to the whole body and keeps the body, the church, which is the body of Christ, healthy. Now, whose body is the church? It's Christ's body. So as we think of that, should we not be more focused on the health of Christ's body than on our natural body? Should not our energies be focused on that? Yes, we are to take care of our natural body. But we are to be focused as God's people. We are part of the body of Christ and so we need to focus on its health. That it remains more than just being alive. That it's more just than just being hungry. That it's more than just being growing. We need to be focused on more than just having an excellent diet. And we constantly feed as our body works together in keeping the body healthy. We need to one member supports the other. So in the church, it's more than just supporting each other. We just keep we keep working at this. And I don't I don't want to create dissatisfaction unless it's a holy dissatisfaction of where I am personally as part of the body of Christ. I mean, does that make sense to you at all? I you know, in my part, maybe I think I'm just the ear, maybe I'm just a I don't know. The eye, one of the eyeballs. I, you know, you can place yourself where you feel that God may have you. I'm, I'm not sure. But, whatever part of the body I am, as part of the church of Jesus Christ, and even in our local setting, all of us, every one of us must be concerned about the spiritual health of the church. And if we're not, Will we be a drag? Yeah. All right. All right. One of the first things that I thought about in getting practical here, when I was thinking about the health of the church, the church cannot be healthy unless it is alive. It must live. It has to be alive. And I know we... You know, some of us may have a different idea what it means for the church to be alive. We, the church of Jesus Christ, is alive only 
as it is attached to the one that gives life to the church. And I know there's variation of, of, uh, of characteristics that we have and, and I like, I like how God has placed in the church variation of even how you know, some people are just get fired up about things, and some are very quiet up and uh, quiet in their getting fired up. Uh, some are very open about it. Uh, but how does a, how does a body that's really alive how does it respond? Well, a body that is very alive is active, right? It's doing things. You see how a body naturally is alive. As there's energy there. There is enthusiasm for life. There is, there is a, a, an, a, an outlook where, where life is lived to the fullest. It's abundant life. The body, the health of the body of Christ on earth needs people that are alive, they're enthused, they're aware. They know what their circumstances are around them. They're in, they're enthused, and, it, and I, please understand. But when I say these things, I want you to understand. And I know there may be a lot of enthusiasm, for instance, that maybe is not generated towards and given towards the the life of the church. But what I'm talking about, the church being alive, and you can tell that people are there because they want to be. People are involved because they want to be. Are you a part of the church because you want to be? Or is it because you, it's the expected thing? Your life, your energy, should make a difference in the church. And your, your energies are put into, because you're alive, your energies are put into the life of the church, not to be noticed yourself, but it's for the life of the church. Not just to stick out as an individual. Remember in this setting, we were ta- uh, Paul was talking about the hand or the eye being the church? No, absolutely not. By implication, he's simply saying absolutely not. We are a body that is alive, that functions together. And as we work together, people are blessed. In the church... And even outside of the church, as we work together, because we are alive. And the second thing is, if we are very much alive, we will constantly be hungry, right? Naturally, we are hungry. We eat three times a day, and sometimes snacks in between. Let's see, it's my daughter-in-law, Sharon, that talks about grazing. And that's okay. But it's the idea of feeding because your soul needs the feeding. And so we're hungry. We're hungry for nourishment. We're hungry for truth. We want to know what God's ways and will are for the church. We want to understand that. We want to absorb it. Matthew 5, verse 6, Jesus said, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness for what? Yeah? 
you were very quiet with that. I barely heard it, even with my hearing aids. They shall be filled. Can you say that together? They shall be filled. Yes, hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And it tells, it tells the rest of the body how hungry you are, how much you get involved in the work of the church. It does. Desire. That longing, we stretch ourselves out to that. We do what it takes to be filled. And that means absorbing. We grow. Yes, as a Christian, you keep on growing. That growing process is a continual process. Filled, being filled. Why do we eat three meals a day? It's because you don't eat the first day, eat enough the first day that you are alive to take you through the rest of your life. Well, I've eaten now, so I'll be alive for who knows, 60, 70 years. It's a constant feeding. It's a constant growing. We assimilate. And that means worship and fellowship together. Growing. Then that third thing is growing. And that, you know, when we, when I think of growing, and that's, that's the third thing that happens there. This, this, this thing of growth. It's growth in my personal life, but it's growth in the church as well. You see, we feed what we learn by assimilating. We share that. And the church can grow. And that means, that means even growing in numbers. I guess we haven't done very well in some ways, have we? Have you thought about that? I think about that sometimes. And I was, I was struggling with that. Then I thought of something. And this is not a cop-out. I don't mean it this as a cop-out. But when I see these young people that are committing their lives to the Lord, that's part of growth. It's not all lost. That's part of the growth. Now it's growth spiritually, personally, but it's also growing, adding to the number. You look at Acts the second chapter, verse 47. They added daily to the church those that should be saved. In that growing, it's numbers, as well as growing personally. Alright. Number four. If we are going to remain healthy as a church, we need an excellent diet. We need an excellent diet. If you have, if you don't eat well physically, it will affect your body. You will not be able to function as you ought to. And you notice that in chapter 12 here again. There's so many things I noticed in this portion again. And this, this, this excellent diet. We need nutrition. We need balanced nutrition to live physically. And one of the things that I have been encouraged and blessed here, and I think I might have mentioned it before, I'm going to mention it again. 
There is quite a difference between the three in our ministerial team here and the way they preach and teach. And you know what? That's healthy. That is healthy. And you know the things that Brother Todd shares in a message and maybe even on a personal level. His approach, his way of saying things, the things that he said meets someone's particular need right at that point. And then when Brother Claire shares in his very different way, it still grabs you, right? It still meets those needs. And then Eric is more of the, you know, more of the steady teaching one. That's a lot of thinking. You can tell. I mean, by that I'm not saying, Brother Todd and Brother Claire, that neither one of you don't put yourselves into it and do a lot of, a lot of thinking and studying, putting things together. But it's just the difference. And you know what? Then we're all fed, right? And then once in a while, Someone else comes along and it's just totally different. But you know what? We need food that is digestible. If the church is to grow, then it needs food that is digestible. So keep on preaching. Don't stop. And we have our Sunday school lessons. We have our, we have various means of, <coughs> excuse me, others Teaching that that feeds the church. We minister to each other. That is so important to keep the body alive and healthy. We're talking about a healthy body, a healthy church. And it is a constant feeding. Doesn't stop. It must continue. All right. Number five. If the church is to remain healthy, then must have good leadership. Now I mentioned that just as far as preaching is concerned. We, the church, in order to remain healthy, must have good leadership. Good leadership is leadership that has the heart of the congregation and the health of the congregation in their heart. And that's why they lead. They've been called of God through the church to lead the church and to continue to nurture and to help the church to remain healthy, growing, remain strong. Good leadership is willing to lead. Good leadership takes the church in the right direction. Good leadership is concerned and caring. Good leadership involves excellent teaching. Good leadership involves responding to needs in the congregation. Good leadership is concerned and cautious about change. Good leadership is not afraid of discipline when it is needed. That's all for the health of the church. We're talking about a healthy church life. A body that, that maintains, not only maintains, but continues to grow. Number six, a healthy body 
has supportive mem- members. We talked. I mean, we we were just emphasizing this thing of leadership. But you know what? The church, the body of Christ, cannot remain healthy unless there are supportive members. You remember how this this passage in chapter twelve here talked about the the body functioning together. You know, the hands, the feet, the legs, the digestive system, the head, the heart, all of these things in your natural body work together. And really, they support each other. They affect each other. And so in the church... The church is to function together, not to stick out as an... That's not said very well, but anyhow. That you stand out as an individual. We are to function together as a body. And that means that all members must be involved. Everyone in the church is to be involved in one way or the other. Okay? And in that functioning, do it joyfully. Be enthused. Be willing. Be willing and just, you know, enjoy being identified with the body. As a part of the body. Don't be ashamed of it. You cannot function well unless you enjoy and consider it one of the greatest privileges to be a part of the body of Christ. Work when you're asked to do something. Uphold our programs. Bless your leaders. There's just so many things we can do to support the body. That's what our life is as a part of the church. Number seven, a healthy church adds to its numbers. I alluded to that before, but a healthy church will add to its numbers. A healthy church needs to keep its own plus adding. I'm not going to dwell on this too much. It's through young people finding their way, becoming a part of the church, and helping them to become loyal supporters of the church. And then the church continued to grow. And it's also reaching out beyond our own borders. And that's difficult. I know. But to reach out and to touch the lives of others. And that the church can grow from that direction as well. We need to work at it. But, don't become ingrown. Just be so protective of our own. The body is not to function that way. But all parts... All members function together. Number eight, a healthy body is not 
willing to compromise. Will not compromise. In other words, a healthy church as a body functioning together, its life comes from Christ Himself who gave His life for the church. He is the life of the church. And He is truth. So we cannot, the church cannot grow and remain healthy if it compromises. Truth must remain as the bottom line, the foundation. We build the church on that foundation of truth. And never letting go of that regardless of the pressures that we face. Sometimes, however, the church, there is, there is kind of a, a pressure there because the truth hurts. We want to stay away from the truth. But when the truth hurts, it always hurts with the intention of bringing healing. Truth, while it hurts, brings healing. And that's to maintain the life of the church. Number nine, a healthy body is stable. Healthy body is stable. It's anchored. The church as a body is is anchored in truth. It's not influenced by falsehood. It has that solid foundation. The church, a healthy body... The church knows where it stands, determines not to be moved from it on that solid foundation. And you solidify that foundation. You don't solidify. You don't change the foundation. But you solidify your found your your anchor. Your 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 standing on that stable foundation by keeping the principles of God's word. And practicing them. Number 10. I want to finish quickly here. Number 10. A healthy body is sensitive. Sensitive to, well, to many things. Naturally, the body is sensitive. God placed within our bodies a nervous system that is extremely sensitive. When there's something that is not functioning properly... There are signals there. And we pay attention to that. And we try to rectify that. What's going wrong? So we take care of that. We, we, we search. Sometimes those, those the, uh, difficulties, those problems are very, very difficult to, to get a hold of what really is it when it's in the body. Sometimes that's a natural body. Sometimes in the body of Christ, the church... Sometimes it is difficult to find out really what those problems are. But there is a sensitivity in the body of Christ that comes from the Holy Spirit dwelling within each believer. There are needs within sometimes. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. And God, by His Spirit, touches those places that need to be touched. Not only in our personal lives, but also in the life of the church. Sometimes those needs are within. Sometimes those needs are without. Sensitivity is a response to those pinpricks, however they may come. 
And then it's a rush to the aid to relieve the difficulties and stress that come and the results of our going astray. All right, number 11. A healthy body is able then to send out from its own. I want that to soak in a little bit. A healthy body is able to send out because of the health in the body of Christ. There are those that are fit. There are those that are qualified to be able to be sent out and to reach out beyond our circle here. Okay? Sometimes we say, this is our church. (laughs) We've got to keep everybody here. Hmm. You don't have to go to Haiti. You don't have to go and select a place. But when God calls you, the church is not to stop the work where God calls to go out. I think the body should be supportive. And I I understand. I understand that sometimes, you know, people may have a desire, I want to go here, I want to go there, this, you know, for maybe for the wrong reason. I understand that that can happen. But a healthy, alive, thriving church, why not should there be people in our churches that are able to go elsewhere? Spread out. Reach out. In conclusion then, just a few things. Everyone in the church must be involved for the health of the body. Everyone must find joy in doing their part in order for the body to remain healthy. Everyone must support the others in order for the body to remain healthy. In order for that to happen, then everyone must believe that the church belongs to Christ and it's to bring glory to His name and not to any part in the body. Everyone must then believe as well that the church, being a part of the church, has eternal ramifications. It's for us and our posterity and those around us. And everyone must believe that we are responsible in our generation to continue building for the sake of our own generation and the generations to come. God give us wisdom to do our part in the life of the church so it remains healthy. Would you kneel to pray, please? Our gracious Father, we thank you so much for another opportunity to be together, to worship, to fellowship together. And I trust that it's been a tremendous blessing to us as we have shared together in the Sunday school time and now in looking at your word. Father, thank you for continuing to teach us. Lord, bless this church. It's your body. 
And Lord, we want to hold it sacred. And we want to see it grow. We want to see it maintain its health. And so help us to do our part. And in all these things, we want to bring the honor and glory to your name. For you alone are worthy. And it's in the worthy name of Christ that we pray. Amen.